0: Cherokee Rewind is about to begin. My name is Mick. You know that. I appreciate you again hanging out with us here on another edition as well. This one we're going international for and I'm really excited about this one because I have not talked with this young man in probably about 15 years. So a little less than 15, but still the point is, is that it's been a good long time and this guy came to, to Toledo Cherokee by way of the Grand Rapids Owls. He hails from Jönköping, Sweden, and his name is Jesper Hedell. And, Jess, how you doing, buddy?
1: Good. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, well, hey, the pleasure's all mine, my friend. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I, you know, it's funny, because I I can never think of you without a smile on my face, because I always think of two things whenever I think of you. Number one, I'm so glad you came to us from Grand Rapids. And number two, I never seen anyone who ate oatmeal as religiously as you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> it is true. I mean, yeah. I mean, you did. And when you were, whenever I'd see you eat, at, 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 whether it was in, uh, at the rink or if we were on the road somewhere, uh, you always ate oatmeal every day. And I tell you what, you're you're like the picture of perfect health. So it must have done something. You've done something right. Yeah, probably (laughs) but uh, uh, let me ask you, let's get let's get things underway here. Uh, How old were you when you first put on a pair of skates?
1: Uh, I think I was uh,
0: three. Now were your folks really into the sport of hockey? I know your dad is because if if I remember correctly, your dad was a coach, right?
1: Yeah, and he also played. Uh, uh, a uh, number of years in in the top league in Sweden as well uh, during the 70s and 80s. So, uh, yeah, uh, more or less, it was, uh, uh, I was, um, yeah, was a- brought into it, you know, and I, I used to hang out in the locker room or whatever uh, when my dad was coaching uh, when I was growing up. So, um, yeah. So. It was a
0: pre it was a pre uh, drawn conclusion that you were yeah. going to be a hockey player.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so to really. so, so tell me about what it was like growing up there in Sweden, what was the hockey scene like for you there from your from your through your eyes?
1: Well, I mean it's it's what uh, like you say it's a little bit different uh, from uh, in the states because you have you were so close to like the um, the team in the town that uh, I grew up uh, in, we, we had the professional team that was, you know, in the same rink. And so you we were always very close to it. And you, you could always, you know, see them, look at them, uh, wanted to be just like them. But more in a, like a in, a, in reality, so to speak, that it's maybe you feel like it's closer to get there than, you know, for instance, uh, the NHL, uh, which is so far away. So, but uh, growing up was was good. We there's a, been a, a lot of lack of uh, ice rinks in Sweden. Uh, there's quite few, so you a lot of kids on the ice uh, at the same time when growing up. So uh, that was always a, a challenge, you can say. So.
0: Yeah. Mm. Now, but, uh, so now, how did? Uh, first of all, uh, I presume you went to school there. Uh, where did you pick up your English? Because you speak very good English.
1: I think I was pretty bad uh, when I move over to uh, uh, to U.S. When I came there, uh, but I mean, we there's a lot of. It's a little bit easier, uh, maybe in. Uh, uh to learn i mean english we have it in school from third grade i think or second grade and uh, you know all the tv shows and all that is in english so you, you pick it up pretty smooth
0: well you know Jasper, the thing is is that um, you know we've had uh kids we've had guys that have come through toledo that have come from other countries uh you know i mean besides canada I mean, Mm -hmm. we've had uh, a guy come from uh, Transylvania. We've had a guy from Norway. We've had uh, you and uh, I think, I can't remember. I know we've had another uh, person come from Sweden. We've had a couple of Russians, uh, you know, et cetera. But I think probably as far as uh, the the smoothest transition in terms of uh, fitting into the American scene, uh, I think you were probably one of the more, uh, you were probably one of the more hippest dudes that came through. Uh, mm. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you didn't even start in Toledo. I mean, you, you, f- when, how, first of all, how did you uh, get to where you decided you wanted to play in the States?
1: Well, it was a, it's kind of like a, uh, what do you call it? It was um, a little bit uh, of a, Lucky shot, I guess you could say, because I was a little bit uh, tired of all the, you know, usually it's a lot of politics in, in the sports as well, but I, I got a little bit tired of that uh, playing in the hometown. So I, we had a coach that was coaching in, uh, in my hometown that was from um, North Bay in Ontario.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and he was... Uh, his friend was coaching Grand Rapids at that time. So
0: yeah.
1: they he hooked me up and, and uh, got it all settled. So that's how I ended up. But I, I really didn't know anything of uh, the league, the team, nothing. Because even if it's, you know, you, you feel quite young, but internet was not as... As good back then as it is today, because today you you could, you know, pretty much learn anything uh, by just uh, going online. But that was not the case by then. And if I don't recall it uh, uh, like incorrect, I I I don't even know that if all the teams in the uh, league back then had a homepage. So. It was a little bit, you know, I went there. Some guy picked me up at the airport. It was not uh, Flags uh, Flanagan that was coaching Grand Rapids because I think they just was going to having a kid that day. So he picked me up a couple of days later. Was uh, it Jeff Lang? No, no, it was it was the coach for or the owner of Metro, I think.
0: Oh, team. Butch Wolf. Yeah. Oh my.
1: So him and his wife picked me up and they took me out to dinner and dropped me off at the motel in Detroit and yeah, that was a crazy crazy two nights
0: there before Flag picked <laughs> me up. And I was like
1: <laughs> And uh yeah, that was crazy. But,
0: okay, you have to tell that tell me that story. Uh what uh what kind of I mean, I, I know we always talk about Detroit being a, a tough town, but uh <laughs> I, I'm sure that it probably lived up to its billing when uh, you got when you got dropped off there. What was that like?
1: No, but it was, you know, you always have these, uh, you know, always heard the stories from it, uh, you know how it is, and I mean, we don't have, uh, you know, I came from a pretty small town, so I was not really used to different colored of people and and all that. And Detroit was was, yeah. And around that area, it was pretty crazy, you know, and every, everything was different, you know, and it was only, I think it was only like Chinese chops around the motel and, you know, <laughs> every, yeah, it was crazy.
0: So um, there was, so your choice was Chinese food or Chinese food?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and you know, pretty bad in English then. And, you know, uh, yeah, I didn't think I, sl- I slept that good.
0: Those <laughs> <Bill's> nights, but <laughs> well, I mean, the, the uh, yeah, I was gonna say that had to be a bit of a culture shock for you,
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely. But 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 it was like you know, wake up call, also, you know, like now you're on your own, you just gotta pick it up, you know, and uh, yeah, no one to hold your hands here.
0: Mhm. So, so flags comes and gets you. Uh, yeah. what was your first impression of him when you first met him?
1: Well, I think he was, I mean, he's he's a tough guy. You know, I, I only have good things to say about him now, you know, after some years has passed, because he was tough. He was, uh, but uh, he was... Uh,
0: very demanding?
1: Yeah, very demanding. And, I mean, he's uh, also, you know, also there, culture shock, you know, like difference, be- because in... I mean, Sweden is very quiet, don't say what do you think, blah, blah, blah. And then Flags comes in and, you know, he, he speaks from his, his heart and mind, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was good. He, and then I think we started practice pretty much right away. Uh, I think I spent a night or two in his, his house. Uh, uh, great family, great wife. And then uh, we started off uh, the training camp. And I mean, then we were all there.
0: So you go and you start, and now uh, it was him and Jeff Lang, right? That were the coaches?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Langer, Langer, I tell you what. Now, of course, obviously back then you guys wouldn't know it because they're your coaches and stuff. Well, maybe you would, but uh, Flags and, and Langer were probably two of the funniest human beings because what would happen is whenever Toledo would go to Grand Rapids, especially, we would uh, after bed checks were done at the hotels and everything, and whatnot, Jeff and, uh, and and Flags would come over to our our hotel room, and we'd sit there and have a couple ginger ale's talking about things and they would, we would swap stories, but they were master storytellers, especially Mm -hmm. Langer. Jeff Lang could tell you could, it was just a great storyteller and would, I mean, I would be in tears. I was laughing so hard. He (laughs) was one of the funniest people I ever met in the hockey world. Hands down. He was just like, just would crack me up. But uh, I mean, the one thing I remember about back then though, was when Toledo, now this is when you were in Grand Rapids, but whenever Toledo played Grand Rapids back then and Flags was coaching, him and Langer, they were probably two of the most intense and very, uh, uh, almost to the point of scary coaches that I ever saw behind the bench because they were uh, super competitive and just absolutely were intense and really uh, fired up. And I mean, you, I mean, it felt like you were going to, you thought you were going to get into a fight because that's how intense they were when it came to their coaching style and what they expected out of you. I mean, that's how I saw it. How about you from your end of it as a player?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, flags, he was, uh, uh, I mean, you got you, you had to learn the hard way with him because he, he was not, I mean, during intermissions or before the game or after the game. I mean, he could throw water bottles. He could throw them at you. He could, uh, you know, (laughs) all the stuff that you... I mean, some people cry about these days when they think that, you know, kids are treated bad. I mean, flag was tough. I mean, and and I... Actually, I enjoyed it. And, uh, I mean, on the... Also on the bench, but he he demanded so much. But he also put the effort in by himself. He was always prepared and always. Uh, uh, unfortunately, that I mean I was just there for the uh, fall, and unfortunately we were very bad, a bad team, horrible team. So we lost a lot of games. So I I think as long as uh, longer the season went, he he. He basically <laughs> as the team gave up he also gave up on the team so but um very very intimidating uh coach and
0: yeah it very would be very frustrating but i yeah, would think
1: yeah and i mean he, he he just and i mean i think he 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 uh he just wanted to you know like he saw what people could do and uh, in practice, we were usually very good in practice. And he, I mean, he just wanted everyone to get it out in, during the games, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, good coach. I i actually, I, I wrote to him on Facebook the other day because I think he, he's coaching now in Austria, in Europe. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, like i said you know you you there are certain guys that you know you think of as hotheads and, and things like that i never considered mike flanagan a hothead i always considered him just a very intense passionate person i always thought of him as someone who he just wanted to win and he wanted to get the most out of his players and i i think that's where i that's what i always thought of him as i never I never thought of him as uh, as a hothead because a hothead usually you don't get players that will develop. You don't get players that will uh, produce on a consistent basis. You know, even if you don't have the most talented team, you still have a few guys there that that'll produce for you. And he always had some guys that could produce. And they, you know, and and there were other years, not just about that one, but there were other seasons where I mean, Grand Rapids would give Toledo fits. Okay. They would. And I just, it, I, it just, uh, it was just a great rivalry back then. And, you know, and then, then of course, that year that you played, uh, of course, you played now, if I remember now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm trying to remember this. Well, again, it's been a lot of years. Now, if I remember correctly, you wore when you came to Toledo you wore number 7 right
1: Yeah or did the, <laughs> the, the second year when I the full year I, I was 7 but the first year I wore uh, I uh, were uh, I did the uh, uh, number 19
0: Oh okay yeah yeah, yeah no,
1: 19 yeah
0: Okay now the that year when you came to Toledo mm-hmm. uh that was an interesting trade because Uh, it was another teammate of yours in Grand Rapids that was being sent to Toledo uh, Mm -hmm. by the name of Mike Majesty. Yeah. And Mike was getting traded to Toledo originally. Now, this is the way I heard it. So you can tell me how it went and you can set the record straight. (laughs) But Mike Majesty originally was the guy who wanted out from Grand Rapids. So they were going to trade him to Toledo. And the... Cherokee, they worked out a deal with Mike, with Flanagan, and uh, they worked out a deal, and you happened to be there, and you said, well, hey, uh, go ahead and trade me, too. And you kind of were kind of a, a, a last-minute addition to the trade. Now, that's what I heard. Now that I got you here all these years later, you can tell me what really happened, or if it's true.
1: Uh, well, eh- What happened was actually uh, uh, yeah, uh, so Toledo and probably uh, Vargs uh, wanted uh, Majesty and Majesty he took care of (laughs) he took care of me during uh, the time in in Grand Rapids and we stayed uh, together uh, in the same uh, with the same family and uh, he actually told them that if if you're going to trade me, you got to send Jasper with me. So uh, <laughs> I can't leave him here behind me. So, and that was actually what happened.
0: Okay. Well, but, and so you got traded to Toledo. What was your, were you uh, surprised that they traded you or uh, anything like that? As far as, I mean, because, I mean, obviously your first taste of hockey in America playing was with Grand Rapids. So what, what were your thoughts, if you can remember, what were your thoughts when you discovered you were being traded with Mike to Toledo?
1: Well, I, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time. Uh, I'm just trying to, you know, uh, um, put everything together here. No, but. The funny part is that I don't know if uh, Mike told me the wrong team or if I just, you know, I was so up to it because we we were at a restaurant uh, with uh, some other guys and um, Mike told me and I was, I I thought first it was Peoria that I was going to and I was like, uh, wow, there's no place... There's no uh, no way that I'm gonna make it in that team because we played them. I think like the weekend before, and they were so good and so big and strong and tough, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, we, uh, but then we. I find out it was uh, Toledo, and I didn't really know anything about it. But you know, you got a little bit, uh, you got a little bit scared because now you know that okay, you can get traded and. There's not a lot of time left on the season, so and if Grand Rap is just could trade me like that, probably Toledo just could cut me. So I, yeah, I I remember I I was just got the mindset that okay now it's time to go. I mean it's time to get everything going. You know you gotta be gotta be ready here. So um, but it was. Uh, it was great because we have been we we were so bad in Grand Rapids and losing all the games all the time. So, and come to a place where it felt a little bit more organized with uh, both uh, Chris and Chuck and uh, uh, Vargs Kinsey. Uh, you know everything. It was more of a more of an organization. You know, and it's great teammates as. Small. Great teammates.
0: Just, okay. Uh, yeah. So when you first came here to Toledo, that first season that you were here, uh, who did you who did you play with? Did, were you on a line with Majesty or who else yeah. were you playing with?
1: Uh, Ryan Bond.
0: Oh, Bondo. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was uh, such a great uh, chemistry. Uh, I can't recall it to have a. Uh, that I was ever playing with that chemistry again uh, after the, after that year uh, with any other teammates, it was great. It was just everything just went so smooth, and uh, you know, it, it felt like you know you can do. Uh, we could do. Uh, uh, we just all all, uh, all three were uh, quite small and quite fast, and we just yeah. We just let the let Tuck and everything go and yeah. It was great times. Great times. Wow.
0: So now uh so you play that first season and then mm-hmm. uh you you come back. Uh did you feel more, I guess, uh comfortable coming back to Toledo as opposed to how nervous you were when you first came here to Toledo back when you got traded?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, more because more more, more comfortable, absolutely. And you know, you you, you knew everything and nothing was as new, you know. And uh, I mean, pretty much same coaching staff as well. Uh, there was one guy new. Uh, I don't know don't remember his name now but it was
0: uh, maybe Tarsha yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: Chris Tarsha yeah because Varga yeah, yeah. was a head coach and Brian the late uh Brian Kinsella who we all call Kinsey uh he was yeah he was also there and he left I think didn't he he went to coach uh I think he retired so he could and he ended up taking the uh, a high school job at coaching high school hockey and yeah. he ended up he ended up uh, later leading a team to a state championship so mm-hmm. uh, you yeah, know yeah. that was that was Kinsey man he is sorely missed and a great great guy he was a great yeah. man yeah uh, now you yeah tarsh came in what was there any kind of adjustment you had to make to get used to uh, tarsh coming in and being a part of this or not much
1: yeah. nah it was a little bit different. I mean, and also uh, Majesty were gone and Bundle was gone. So, and it was a little bit more of a, I think we struggled through the season to find like a good fit for pretty much the whole team. Uh, it was more, I think we, chemistry team-wise, we found late, almost going into the playoffs. So it was a little bit more of a, Trial and error season in that sense.
0: Mm-hmm. It was more
1: more smooth running in the, the year before, I would think. And it was we didn't have a lot of defensemen, uh, also. So some guy had to play D some games and and like that. And I mean, it was a little bit different. And uh, and of course uh, we. But yeah, it was good time. Both, both both year both seasons were 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 good. Uh, I mean, now, who good memories. You,
0: who did you play with uh, at that second year, as far as line mates?
1: Um, I mean, I think we moved around a little bit, but I played a lot with uh, Bujaki Dan.
0: Yep. Um. Yeah,
1: I think most of the in. Most of the year, I played with him, and also Hafner, Toby.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: I forgot about it. Toby and Rue Hafner, the Hafner yeah. brothers.
1: And also, the there was a Canadian kid. Well, I'm so bad in names. Josh Nickel, I think he. Yeah, yeah, he was, yep. he was yeah. from Windsor, true, he was right? From Windsor, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Good yeah. Guy, Josh good was guys. a quick kid. He was a fast kid too. Yeah. He could. Yeah. He could skate quick. But. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, did you feel at all in that second year like you were you had more of a, a leadership responsibility in the locker room?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Of course, uh, there was a lot. I mean, a lot of the the leading guys have left uh, uh, the the year before. Yeah, during the summer, so it was a little bit of shock that it was so many new guys. But I mean, we. It was me, and it was Higgins were there,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, Abbeglein was there. I mean, we were a good guys, a good, good group of a little bit of older guys as well. So, but, uh, yeah, I think we, I hope I w- were a little bit more of a, <laughs> I took the leadership role a little bit more. I could probably <laughs> have done it more, but. <laughs>
0: well, hey, you're still, I mean, you got to realize something here, though, Jasper. You also, in addition to, number one, coming to a new country at that young of an age, I don't care who you are, that's culture shock. Uh, The other thing also is the fact that you're figuring out that hockey is a business in addition to being a game you love, it's a business. And the other thing is that if you, when you think about it, uh, you did all of that at a young age while you're still growing up yourself. And still were able to find a way to offer your experience and your insight to help these younger kids adjust to playing at that level. I mean, that's a strong that's a strong jump to have to make, especially for the younger kids and seeing a guy come over basically with nobody just by himself to come over to another place to play hockey. Uh, they probably did look to you to su- kind of see, you know, how do you make the adjustment when you're, when you feel like you, you know, you're not sure of yourself or you're kind of, you, you, you don't want to let anyone know you're, you're, you're nervous, but you still are. I mean, that's just, mm. you know, and you were able to offer that experience to them. Um, so with that, you know what I also remember too, if I remember correctly, and this had to be 2006, because I remember it was an Olympic year. And yep. you did not. You were not bad. I don't know how you are now, but you were not necessarily a big fan of the Detroit Red Wings. And nope. <laughs> no. Nope. And and I remember that year because there was uh, Sweden won the gold medal in the yeah. in, in hockey in the Olympics. Yeah. And because Peter Forsberg scored on a penalty shot in uh, it, it, or not a penalty shot, but uh, in the uh, shootout. To win the gold yep. medal. And I remember that because we were all talking in the locker room and you were just so happy. Uh, and, and the funny part is we were everyone was giving you crap because they were saying, uh, you know, hey, the Detroit Red Wings won the gold medal because uh, I think there were like four or five Red Wings that were on Team Sweden that year.
1: Yeah, and I think that actually Lidstrom... Also, I think he had the game-winning shot in the finals as well. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> yep. So there was, uh, yeah. Uh, what do you call Forsberg? Who was it? That was that when they played Team Canada.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, and then in the gold me- in the gold medal game was when Lindstrom got the game-winning goal. Yeah. But uh, yep, there was uh, yeah, there was about like four, I think four or five Red Wings that were on that team. Yeah. So and of course so we always joke and of course you used to get so uh ticked at us and stuff because <laughs> you were not a you were not a Red Wing fan. But uh now do you still get to follow the NHL much at all these days?
1: Yeah, a little a little bit. Don't watch the games so much because it's you know they they are late or during the night. Uh but I, I'm following the Rangers a lot. Uh during podcasts and uh, also st- stats and, and all that. Um, so yeah.
0: Okay. Now, yeah. Uh, now, as far as uh, are you still involved at all with hockey uh, in Sweden right now? Yeah,
1: it's uh, <laughs> it's it's getting crazy again. I can tell you that because now I'm a I'm a head coach for my son's team. Um, so they are, uh, kids, uh, eight years old now. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, so uh, now what, uh, what's, what, what's the team name? Is it still HB 71 or?
1: No, we actually, we moved to, uh, me and the family, we moved to Gothenburg last
0: year. Okay. Uh,
1: to get closer to work. So, and here we have, uh, so he plays in, uh, in Frölunda. Uh, the big team in in Gothenburg, uh, so the yeah the home team for Henrik Lundqvist, for instance. Oh, okay. Yeah, Very good. and Rasmus Dalin and and a lot of young guys have been going through the their uh, program. So it's uh, it's a lot of new stuff for me because I'm I'm so you know diehard HV71 fan and now I. Have to walk around with a. a they have an Indian as their logo, so I have to wear that during the week. And yeah, it's, you, should it's wear, you should wear.
0: A, you should wear a Cherokee logo, and uh, now yeah. maybe <laughs> they it's may not probably, know the difference.
1: No, it's almost the same, but it's a. Uh, yeah, it's great. I, I I love it. It's a little bit different uh, these days, but I mean I'm. I feel like I have so much that I want to give back uh, to the sports and do that through coaching. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's lovely. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, it's well, great.
0: So now let's, uh, let's finish up here with some Cherokee talk. You know, mm-hmm. when you, you know, what, uh, who are some of the, uh, uh the more uh, crazy guys that you can remember, in the locker room that would like maybe practical jokes or or would uh usually uh you'd uh say man you're gonna get in trouble that kind of stuff what were some of the who were some of the crazier guys that you had to deal with in the cherokee locker room
1: well i think that i mean during my my first year there was more uh there was probably I would say it was more of characters uh, that year, and more funny guys, like a uh, uh, kid from Alaska, uh, John Sidden, the goalie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a crazy guy.
0: Yeah, because yes, he got—he was the one that – was that the year that – yeah, it had to have been. That was the year we went to nationals. Yep. And I believe he got into a fight with the other goalie.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that was al- it.
1: He, yeah, he always had a great Yeah, always got stuff going on and also the other goalie Corsini, he was also a very funny guy.
0: Uh Tony Corsini, I remember him.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, man, that kid could that kid could talk and talk. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. It was great. <laughs> but uh now, if I remember the other thing I, I told, I said this on an earlier podcast, I remember the thing that Sitton did that everyone used to talk about and get, like, he would go, when we were on the road, he would go to the bathroom uh, and 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 drop a deuce with, in other uh, guys' rooms in their toilets and wouldn't flush them. He would do, he would do stuff. That was his contribution to, uh, the, the, the goofiness. (laughs) It's like the gift that keeps on giving. Thanks, John. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, he would do that kind of stuff. But, uh, I mean, the the, the most popular thing back then, especially was always stuff like, uh, leaners. Uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what else, uh, the, uh, the rookie, uh, Rookie talent show, uh, the rookie haircuts. Oh, man, those were all the, the, the fun stuff that, that they had to do. Now, when you first came over and you were in, in Grand Rapids, did you have to endure any of that? Did you have to get uh, any kind of rookie <clears throat> initiation?
1: Um, I don't remember, actually. I don't remember. I try to think about it. No, I don't think. We probably did something, but I, 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 what I recall is that I think we had this, like some. That was just that we, some shots or whatever we were gonna take, that we mm-hmm. had to take. There was more of a, that on that level. Um, but I, if I go back to like funny guys, the, I think the funniest guy were actually during the. Coaching staff with Chad Weprin.
0: Oh yeah, the ch- the uh, equipment manager.
1: Yeah, the trainer. Yep. Uh, he was funny. He yep. was a crazy guy.
0: Yes, I remember him well. Uh, yeah. He he was he was a piece of work, man, <laughs> because <laughs> everyone would try to do it. their Chad Weprin uh, in impersonation because he had a higher pitch voice. Yeah. And I remember one time, I think it it was Majesty. Majesty imitated him in the locker room. And Chad was, like, not having a good day. He was really not in a good mood. And he got so mad, he went over to Majesty and, like, grabbed him by his shirt and threatened him. (laughs) And they had to pull him off of him. And I'm sitting there going... Dude, I'm like, you know, no. Even though Majesty's older, he's still a kid. You're, you can't do that, you know. And, <laughs> no, no. It, God. He had
1: ch- enough, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of snapped at that day. But, uh, yeah, he, he he was a piece of work. But he was also a good trainer, though. He really was. He yeah. Just uh, he was just uh, like I said. He was just a diff- He was a he was a different kettle of fish. But yeah, uh, he, you know, I always liked him a lot. I always thought, you know, he and I always got along real well on the road. He'd come into my room and we'd chit chat and whatever else, you know. But I mean, he would come talk and stuff. But he was, I always got along fine with him. But uh, yeah, he was definitely, he was definitely a character, no question. Uh, now, as far as um, you know, probably the guys. Uh, do you still keep in touch with some of those guys still from either Toledo or Grand Rapids?
1: Um, I stay in touch with majesty from, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I met, I actually met him last year. Uh, I were in, uh, Chicago running a marathon and I met him, um, two days before the
0: race. Oh my goodness. So,
1: yeah.
0: And he's That's still, in, so he's still in Chicago, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember I met his, uh. Uh, his, uh, dad before he passed, I met his mm-hmm. dad, uh, at nationals that, mm-hmm. uh, that year we were there were up over in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I met his dad and his mom. They were there from, they had come in from Chicago. And so I got to meet them. We met at the bar, like about three, I think three nights in a row. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> just no, no, no judgment there. Just saying, no. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, we, uh, we taught, we would, we, that's how we became friends there. We just got along and we're talking and, and, uh, his dad would tell me stories and stuff like that. And, you know, it's great to listen to and stuff. And yeah. his mom, Vicki, uh, it's just, uh, it was one of those things. So, you know, it's, it, I didn't know if he was going to, you know, move on or, you know, stay home, but I'm glad, you know, he's happy and doing stuff in Chicago. Um, now do you keep in touch with anybody else on the Cherokee side of things?
1: No no nah, not really. Uh I mean my uh Pat and Deb my uh who, who I stayed with? Yeah. Denman. Yeah. The, I I stay in touch with them and also Jay their uh the, uh, the son. Mm-hmm. Uh great guys. Uh,
0: now, yeah. Now. Uh, so now uh, let me ask you. I mean making the when you finished playing uh juniors where did you head where did you go after that did you go directly back home or did you stay in the states uh,
1: no I went uh, no I, I went home back afterwards uh, I I felt like I mean I had some options going to uh, s- some colleges uh, uh, to play and, and study but I felt like it's a little bit I mean, two years was a long time. Even, uh, yeah. So I felt like it was a little bit uh, enough for for, um, for them, uh, so to speak. So I wanted to give a shot uh, in hockey back home. Mm-hmm. So uh, I played, You could say one year, that was uh, a little bit more uh, serious. Uh, mm-hmm. play, played in Stockholm for half a year and then uh, before I went into university here uh, in Sweden and uh, yeah
0: so okay so you play a year there um, mm. and then now after you st- hung up the skates uh, it well, was no there...
1: No, I I kept playing until I were 26 I think uh during during the high school uh or uh, during university uh of course during university years so I played another like five years uh after uh coming back home
0: okay so you played five mm-hmm. years there and mm-hmm. uh, after you finished uh college you were able mm-hmm. to uh you then did you have to hang, did you decide to hang them up at that point mm-hmm,
1: yeah It wasn't my my last year in uh, in college because it was too much. I felt that it it became too much uh, work uh, because I was doing the uh, master thesis and all that. So it was too much too much workload, and then you know playing. You could call it semi pro, uh, but it was a lot of bus bus rides, a lot of uh, late nights, you know, it, mm-hmm. yeah, it got too much of it, I think. And it felt like it was, uh, it was enough.
0: Well, so, it, so when you hung him up, was it uh, hard to do? Was it hard to let go of that?
1: Uh, a little bit, but it was, uh, it felt like it was the time. I guess you could say a little bit afterwards, you could feel like you regret that it. I could have kept playing maybe James team or something else, but it's actually, no, it was probably good. It was probably the right decision.
0: Well, I was going to say, as long as you're at peace with it, that's all that matters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And now, so you, so you, you finish playing hockey and you can finish up your studies. um, Yep. What part of you, uh, when did you decide that you wanted to take up coaching? Uh, because obviously you have a passion for the game and still do, obviously, coaching your son. But, uh, what, how long did it take you to make that transition from uh, playing the game to wanting to get involved in coaching?
1: It, it came pretty natural when my, uh, when my son got older and and you know when he started playing at at uh, uh, I will we'll see then five when you get into the first first year there
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then I mean I will I would probably not be a good hockey parent you know
0: <laughs> I, I will
1: de- I' will demand so much from them uh, <laughs> from the other coaches so I, I better be involved um, by myself, so
0: it's yeah. it's easier to focus on on on, on, gi- on giving a, a, a mouthful to the the kids than it is to do it from the stands where other parents might challenge you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean,
1: I I my my kid is into soccer as well, and I I was uh, yeah, I, I believe the coaches there was too I don't know. Lame? Can you say lame? Is that a yeah, word? they weren't yeah.
0: as intense.
1: No, they were not intense at all. So I had to, I had to get him all there too, so he can get a little bit more legs going. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, 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 uh, we have a we have a saying here in the states in that the the nut doesn't fall too far from the tree. Or the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, and I get a feeling somewhere Mike Flanagan is smiling hearing you say that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but I mean, it it was I was standing in the uh, stands last year when uh, Louis is my son's name. He was uh, playing a soccer game, and the coach just tells him to not be angry. And I was like, that's the whole part of it, you know. You got to be angry when you play. So I was, I was not happy. I was not happy with
0: that coach so. <laughs> so you decided you had to take matters into your own hands yep <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all from you sweet I no. tell you uh, but you know I and, and now would you say that uh, flags has an has a uh, influence you and in how you coach or is there, is there any other coaches that you've played for back then that have influenced the way that you coach.
1: I mean, I think both uh, Flags and Kinsey a lot of influence from him. I mean, he was so demanding and so uh, so much knowledge. That, mm-hmm. And also, I mean, Varga. I, I loved him. I loved playing for him. Uh, very good. yeah. I. Uh, so- I wish I you know, could have
0: played more years for them, you know. Yep, but at least you got to. So that's the big yeah. part is that you yeah. got to. Now, uh, so you know, uh, you know, going forward, do you see yourself wanting to maybe coach at higher levels in addition to working with the young kids? Do you want to maybe work at uh, at higher levels, whether it be you know juniors or or amateur hockey or professional?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say no. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's, it's a great. I mean, a lot of love for the game. So I, I think it's, it's a lot different now from, you know, when I was playing and I was growing up. It's a, it's a lot. A lot of things have happened. A lot of, have changed. And I think a lot of it is for the good. But it's also I mean, sometimes you feel like we're losing a little bit of the of the grit side, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean, so I would love to <laughs> bring in that a little bit more, you know. And you know, we we got to stay physical, but stay physical in the in the the right manner. So I would love to be involved in hockey, uh, and I mean, I missed it for the years that I was uh, away from it. So, yeah.
0: Definitely. Now, you, I mean, because you were always one of those players um, that was, uh, uh, we, we call it, uh, I'll paraphrase it, we call it a crap disturber. Uh, you were always a gritty player that liked to stir things up, in, in, whether it be in front of the goaltender uh, with other players on the other team. You would get them uh, all riled up at you. You'd get them upset and, and you know, a little stick there, a little shove there. That kind of thing, uh, and again, that I think that's part of that grittiness that you're talking about. But you mm-hmm. were, if I remember correctly, you were never a, a fighter or anything, were you?
1: No, no, no. Did no. you
0: did you ever get into a fight when you uh, played juniors?
1: Yeah, a couple of times I think, but I mean, it's not in our we, we since we don't have fights in Sweden, you know, and uh-huh. people were really really good in fighting, you know, in the juniors. A lot of guys. I mean, for instance, we our guy Bart Reeves.
0: Oh yeah. Remember? Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Number six. That, that was a really character. I missed him. I missed to mention him before. But I mean he was so good in fighting. I mean he would knock me out in two seconds. So that's why <laughs> I probably I never fought. I actually when I played in, in Grand Rapids, he asked me to fight. And I was, like, looking at him. I was like, this guy is a mess. I could probably take him, but I'm glad I didn't accept his <laughs> invite, you know?
0: Yeah, because he's, <laughs> he's literally, he's like, what, maybe five, eight, five nine tops, and maybe 145 pounds,
1: 150
0: mm-hmm. pounds, just a little guy. And you think, this guy isn't much of anything.
1: Yeah. And then he
0: <laughs> dropped the gloves. <laughs> yeah. And I saw him. I saw him knock out guys cold, yeah. because he just that his fists were so heavy. He could hit somebody and just drop them. And yeah. I re- I remember him doing that. I don't know if you were with us back then, but I remember us going to Peoria, and mm-hmm. we had a, a line brawl, and uh, somebody tried challenging him, and I think it was him or was it Kyle Haberland? I can't remember. But uh, it was I think it was him and 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 Reeves just absolutely just just jacked this kid up. And this kid was much bigger than him and just absolutely destroyed him. And after that, I mean, it got to the point where nobody wanted to fight him anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, and it's funny when you see when you see him out on the street, he looks like a kid that should be like hanging out at us at the soda pop shop. He yeah. doesn't look like a kid who should be a fighter in hockey no. and could let alone be considered a heavyweight. But yeah, all yeah. Gosh, Definitely. Oh. Man, yeah. that guy could hit him. And he was a great kid. hes I, I saw him a few years later in Chicago because he was okay. from just outside of Chicago. Uh, okay. His family was from down in Springfield, Missouri, originally. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. had moved up near Chicago. And okay. uh, when we were in Chicago for a, a playoff series, I think, Uh, Me and Tarsh were coming, heading to the bus, and who walks up, but this gangly guy with his wife, now wife, and uh, walks up and he goes, hey, and we're like, oh my gosh, still looks the (laughs) same, still looks as as just gangly and skinny as always, and just... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Still, just uh, like I said, just one of the great guys that you ever want to run across, and you know, big hugs and all that stuff. But yeah, he was doing all right, and it's been a little bit. But uh, like I said, you can't say enough about him. He was just a no. just a character.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, such a uh, great. Uh, I remember I met his dad, a great guy, and oh yeah, Bart was so such a yeah warm heart and. Yeah. yeah,
0: Butch. Uh, Butch was his dad's name, wasn't it? I think it was Butch. And yeah. he was a oh, yeah. I, I wanna, you I wanna say, wasn't he a used car salesman?
1: Yeah, I think so. Or he had a
0: car dealership so. or something like mm-hmm.
1: that. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. So but Sounds familiar. Uh, uh then his then there's uh I think it's his cousin, not his brother, but his cousin, uh Brett Reeves. He was a goaltender and he played for us for a little bit before you uh Okay. And uh, okay. I'm just trying to remember all of these things. You know, they all kind of run together when you got over 20 years to run through. Your, your <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like all these players, you know, but it's like, okay, wait, what year did he play? And you just got kind of, to, you know, go through that. But um, now, before we wind her up here, and I tell you what, this has been fun. I didn't know what to expect, uh, especially because I've not done one of these from somebody across the pond. I've, I've done all, all here American uh, stuff. I haven't talked to anybody over in Europe yet and you're my first one. So it, it went well and I really have enjoyed this. Now I have a question. Now, do you have any questions for me as far as uh, anything that happened back then or any, or if you've got any funny stories that you remember uh, anything like that, you'd be right now is your time to shine, buddy.
1: <laughs> well, I got it. I'm, um... I'm a, full of emotions, actually. I think this was so much fun. Uh, recall all these memories. and I mean, you... I'm thinking about the times, you know, like... Uh, very often, but... Uh, <coughs> oh, got to... Um, but uh, I don't know if I have any questions. I mean, it's... A, uh, it's so many memories, you know, and it just... I'm glad that you are uh, waking them up for me, you
0: know? Yeah, well, hey, that's what I'm here for. I did this, uh, Jasper, I did this for over 20 years. And I I got so much out of it. And it allowed me to do other things. And I benefited greatly from it. And it's now that I'm old, you know, and stuff, I'm older now. Uh, a lot older than you guys, but, the, the, but not the that thing, old, right? <laughs> uh, well, actually, I am, <laughs> but um, the, it's just that it, this is—I'm—I'm I'm like you. I'm at that point where I want to give back to the game because it did so much for me. Well, the the organization did so much for me. Those the people there were, are tremendous. The the people that were there in the past and the people that are there now. Are wonderful people you know the new the ownership that's there now uh, are really nice or good people they're good hockey mm-hmm. people and so you know over the years you know I've gotten to know all these people and become friends with them not just uh, they're not just the hockey people at the rink they are now friends of mine and wow. so I am so gr- I'm so grateful for that and yeah. they've been so good to me so this doing this podcast thing is my opportunity to basically say thank you to you guys, the players and the coaches. And I'll be having – I'm going to – down the road here, I've got I, – I have a, whole, a file with a bunch of names, and I pull mm. names out of, that, out of that list at random. So uh, – but one of the names I've got thrown in there, because I know how to get a hold of them, is Jeff Lang. And, mm. uh, yeah, you know, so I'm going to ask, you know, whenever I pull his name – you know, we'll talk about the Grand Rapids days and, yeah. and stuff. And I'm sure your name will pop up. <laughs> oh, nice.
1: So, <laughs> so, but uh, what, what was the guy's name that was uh, running the soul uh, light behind the net? The, the older guy?
0: Oh, Gene Adeline.
1: Yeah, Gene. Gene.
0: Yeah, the la- yeah. yeah, the late, great Gene Adeline. He used to also be our bus driver. Okay. Back before, before you. He was our bus driver. And I will only say this about Gene's bus driving ability. He cured, by driving the bus, he cured my fear of flying. Okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, he would, he didn't care if it was the nicest warm day, uh, fall day or, or spring day out there or if it was in the dead of winter with ice on the ground, black ice at night and you couldn't see it, he would drive that bus like a maniac. And we'd go flying up and down the highway. And if you ran across a patch of ice, and we'd all look at each other like, oh my gosh, we're going to die. And he was just like, no, we'll be fine. Just go (laughs) right along. And I mean, there was more than one occasion where I would look at our coach and I would say, does is, is he know what he's doing <laughs> and it wasn't i mean gene was a great guy wonderful guy and uh nice. he uh he but he could drive a bus like nuts he was nice. a just a crazy bus driver and uh, so i you know i remember those days immensely he would and when he was up uh, up there uh coaching or not coaching uh he was uh the goal judge when he was the goal judge behind the net he, if I walked by or anything, he'd look at me and go, hey, Mick, how you doing? And I go, I'm fine, Gene. How are you? And he go, well, you know, and he would take his false, his dentures out, his false teeth, and uh-huh. he would, like, start uh, making faces with his gums and his <laughs> teeth. And <laughs> make faces at me with that stuff, and it just cracked me up. And he would uh-huh. just do stuff like that, but he was great with the kids. Uh, loved to toss candy into the crowd with the kids. And everything, and uh, he would just—I mean, just a great guy. Could not say, you know. He's also another one we miss. He's a great guy, and uh, we'll always, we'll always love him for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. But uh, we had a—that was a a, a great story I had when we were playing. uh, I think Saint Louis in uh, in the playoffs. In uh, we were in Saint Louis my second year, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I think we were struggling a little bit. that game and I mean I know I remember Varga he was crazy in the locker room he was throwing bottles and stuff and from nowhere uh crazy Carl the bus driver oh yeah yeah he came in the locker room and he was yelling elbows and ribs and uh you know hit him and I remember (laughs) Varga he was like (laughs) he was grabbing um Carl and and try to push him out, you know, because he was standing there and screaming and it was intermission and, you know, the play, we, we, we were like, what, what, what is going on here? You know, we just, we need to get ourselves together, not have a bus driver screaming elbows and ribs in the locker room, you know?
0: Oh my gosh. The thing that the funny part about there's a whole story that in a future podcast that will be told. I promise mm-hmm. you about that weekend because mm-hmm. we, it, it involves the coaching staff of uh, it. It, uh, it, not that weekend. It was the weekend after we, for uh Herster cup or gold cup, whatever it was at that point. um but, we It was in, I believe, it was in Peoria. The gold. Yeah, true. Whatever. true. Yeah, it was in Peoria. And it involves our bus driver. It involves Vargs, yours truly. And it involves the coach for St. Louis, Jack Behan, who mm-hmm. that guy, I'll have him on a podcast. That guy is every bit funny, as Langer is. Oh, okay. my. But anyway... There's a whole story there of, of some things that happened that night because the guys that owned the Peoria hockey team, one of the guys also owned a bar. okay And, and so after the that I think it was like that uh, that Sunday, I can't remember one of those nights, we all everybody got in our the Toledo bus that was from the hotel. Uh, I know a couple different guys from different teams did got into our bus and those of us that wanted to go to the bar went to the bar. And we went in there and it uh, we were all, you know, there was, I think, uh, karaoke going on and there was music being played. And several different subplots, s- several different stories took place that are absolutely insanely hysterical. But the, the whole point is, is that one of the things that happened was there was a couple of locals, a couple of local guys there that had nothing to do with the hockey that were just there getting drunk. And they started hitting on some of the uh, women that were with our group, with our group of people, our hockey people, and they wouldn't take no for an answer. So they, try, they started to get a little bit uh, on the feisty side and uh, wanting to start stuff and so flags and the coach at the time of peoria kevin loon we called him lunar and uh, flags and lunar took these guys out back and let's just say i never saw them again after that (laughs) until (laughs) until uh we were getting ready to leave and they wanted to challenge us one of them had a knife and wanted to challenge us and it was a really bad idea Wow. You do not challenge uh, Flags who's like about 6'4 and then you got Lunar who's about like 6'6, six, six, yeah. and and he's got the same, basically the same uh, how do I want to say this the same mental makeup that Flags does. They're like twin yes. sons of different mothers.
1: Uh, yes. They
0: They are both very intense people. And Lunar is like flags. He played hockey in the minors and stuff as well during his playing days and uh, was a heavyweight fighter type. And oh, my gosh. I, I, like I said, I'll save this all for a future podcast. But that's what we dealt with. Uh, that, yeah. that Gold Cup weekend that you guys were there. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, then we got Jack Behan from St. Louis who ended up having to have minor uh, surgery. Getting stitched up, he laid on the salad bar, <laughs> so that okay. they could, they could do the surger, little surgery procedure on it on him. Oh, wow. And yeah, so I mean, there's all kinds of goofy stories that came out of that that weekend. And like I said, that's going to be in a future podcast. But
1: hmm. yeah,
0: so so you know, your team that 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 team has a special place in my heart because of all the insanity that happened in the postseason. But <laughs> but uh, yeah. You know, that's, that's, see that's the kind of fun stuff that I remember a little bit. You know, it's, you know, I just remember, uh, like I said, we remember Bart, how crazy he was is out, out there on the ice. Uh, but, uh, now Higgy, Higgy was, uh, I always got a kick out of Higgy because Higgy could be either, could go either way. He could beat the snot out of you because he's so big, but he also, he, he was also very, um agile and could put the puck in the net. Yeah,
1: yeah you know? great player, great player, great hands. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so, so big. And uh, also, I mean, he, yeah, he could do it all.
0: Very skilled guy, you know, very, yeah. skilled guy. but you know, so uh, now um, of all the things that you remember, of all the things that you remember, do you remember your first goal? Uh, either in Grand Rapids or Toledo?
1: I remember the first one in, Tol- in Toledo, yes. It was, like, pretty much a spin-around shot
0: uh, right after face-off.
1: So I oh. remember that. Then I still have the puck.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, now, I mean, uh, do you remember who you were playing against?
1: Hmm. No, I don't remember.
0: Maybe
1: I don't know. Maybe Metro or Motor City. I don't remember.
0: Yeah. Well, if they were the team in blue, it was Metro. If it was a team in white and orange or red, it was uh, Met- Motor City. But but um, trying to remember back then. That that man. Mm. So many, so many teams, so many stuff. But uh, I tell you. Well, sweet. I tell you, I have had an absolute ball catching up with you and reminiscing about all the stuff from back then, all those memories, because yeah, once it's like when I first started this thing and I hit the record button, I'm sitting there going, okay, Mick, you got to remember some of this stuff. You got to try and remember. (laughs) And And then as soon as you start talking, it's like, bam, I start remembering little bits and pieces. And then the more we start talking, the more I start remembering. And it's like, it's, you know, so it's all been a good thing, but, uh, Hey, I hope we can uh, catch up and talk again sometime. Uh, do you have any words here for the Cherokee Nation that listens to this?
1: Uh, no, I'm just uh, thankful and um, yeah, thankful and grateful for the time that I spent there and everything. Uh, it was great, great time, very great time, and great. Uh, I mean, I missed it, so I'm yeah, just thankful
0: well i'll tell you what uh, i hope that if you ever come back to the states that you swing by toledo because we would love to have you uh i mean we're starting to get more involved in doing stuff with the alumni we are starting to uh put things together so that we can have alumni games uh we're doing as part of our fundraising we're doing things where we get alumni together and not just all from the same era but from different eras so that, that you know, the, the kids today, the younger guys, they can understand what it means to be a Cherokee because then when they see these older guys come through and see what it means and learn and understand what it means when you put that jersey on, that you should be proud of it and, mm-hmm. you know, let them understand that. Uh, and, and the best way to do that is by, you know, having guy having the guys that used to wear it come through and see them you know and un- let them understand that so you know I hope someday again that we get to see you in person but at least the one nice thing about is we got the internet so we can we can always keep in touch that way as well yeah. so uh, I tell you so Jesper I thank you for this this has been a, a wonderful time catching up with you and uh, hey let's stay in touch okay
1: yeah thank you and I hope my English was okay
0: <laughs> your English I was, well, I was
1: very I was very nervous before Well,
0: No need to be Trust me I've got people here Who were born and raised here that Don't (laughs) Speak English as well as you do Thank you 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 did great you really did I wouldn't kid you you did great So I thank you for this Well Mm. that's going to do it man Episode 17 in the books we thank you for hanging out with us here Don't forget you can catch The podcast anywhere you have podcasts uh, Whether it's iHeartRadio TuneIn Radio app uh, Spotify uh, Podbean, which is our, our home, home, uh, home one. Also be sure, you know, you can always uh, let us know, give us a follow and let it, let us know what you think. And if you want to say hi to any of these guys that I feature on the podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and let us know that you're listening. And if you want to say hi to them, I'm sure they will be more than happy to say hi back. So for Jesper Hadell, who I thank greatly for coming in here and hanging out with us. My name is Mick. We'll talk to you again next time. And, of course, please keep it tuned right here to the Cherokee Rewind, and we'll talk to you again next time.